1: It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning on a snowy, icy, possibly windy, for goodness sakes, windy, Saturday morning, 26 degrees outside. Let's take a minute right now just to talk about how trees stand up, because that is really important in a lot of people's minds right now. Trees are whipping around out there. They are here behind the studio. You can see the top of the tree just bang, 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 back and forth. Dave Baker said that cars was being blown around on the highway coming in from Conyers this morning. So the way trees anchor themselves, when a tree seedling, let's say an oak tree, when that oak acorn sprouts, the first thing it does is send down a taproot. And the taproot goes down about 10, 12 maybe inches. And then when it gets down to a zone in the soil where it can't breathe anymore, it starts spreading outward. And the taproot really does not go much deeper than 20 inches, 24 max, I guess, in a real well-drained, well-aerated soil. But the taproot does not anchor a tree. It doesn't exist on oak trees, pine trees, all the other trees, because it just can't breathe when it gets down lower in the soil. So as the roots spread out from the, from the crown of the tree across the soil surface some roots will be stimulated to go down and anchor down in again about 12 to 18 inches and those anchor roots will stay there and bind themselves to the soil and that's what anchors the tree and then the further roots that are up towards the surface of the soil they continue spreading out looking for moisture, looking for nutrients, doing the things that feeder roots are supposed to do. But the anchor roots are key And this is why when we talk a little bit, occasionally I get a call about someone has come through with a plumbing line, someone has come through and put in a new sidewalk or driveway or something like that. I'm worried that they're cutting down the anchor roots. Or another situation, my neighbor's tree is uh, encroaching on my, his roots are encroaching on my property. Can I simply cut off his roots at my property line? The roots are important. They both feed the tree and they anchor the tree. And if you have a healthy tree, they can anchor themselves just fine. But if you have a compromised tree, one that the plumber did not bore underneath the root to leave them intact, one in which the sidewalk came up right close to the trunk and cut away all the roots that came away from the trunk, those are the trees that are problematic when you have windy days like today. What can you do about it? Well... In hindsight, not a whole lot. Once the roots are damaged, there's not much regrowth that happens on that side of the tree where the damage occurred. What you can do when you're growing trees, when you have young trees, when you plant a maple or plant a pine or plant an oak or whatever in your, in your landscape, make sure that they're mulched in all directions. Make sure the roots can go out unimpeded in all directions so those plants have a great anchoring system. One of the plants that I sadly see a lot of flopping over are Leland cypress. Hey, they're evergreen. They're up 30, 40 feet sometimes. They're a fast-growing screening tree. Yeah, a lot of people have them, of course. But when that evergreen foliage meets a real stiff wind combined with a relatively small root system that Leland cypresses have, boom, down they come. Boom, you don't have a Leland cypress to screen away from your neighbor's RV in the backyard anymore. And you can straighten them up, but they will never regrow their anchor roots. I mean, that is a sad thing. You could put a, a big post, a big... Um, I would use a 6 by 6 post beside them about 4 feet away, drill a nice hole in the ground about 3 or 4 feet deep and put that post beside them. Use very wide strapping, like 2 inches wide, to strap around the post and around the trunk of the tree. And you might get that Leland to stand back up again, but it will never stand up by itself. It has to be held up artificially by a post or something else. So those of you who have... Fallen trees and things like that. Do a little diagnostics on the tree, and you can usually tell what the damage was that caused it to, to fail. Barbara's out in Tucker, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Good morning, Walter. So, I
2: am from Locust Grove, Georgia, originally. Of course. Yes, ma'am. So I know your dear Kathy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my Kathy Henderson, my great friend down there. How can I help, Barb?
2: Well, yesterday... I was standing at my kitchen sink, and a red-winged blackbird landed on one of my fetus. Yeah. With that, another red-winged blackbird came in. With that, there were five. Mm. And all of a sudden, there were so many that I could not count. My backyard was covered in sure. red-winged blackbirds.
1: Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so that is one of those phenomenal things when you have those huge flocks of red-winged Blackbirds, grackles, a blackbird with no red wings on it sometimes do the same thing. And when they come swooping through, big crowds of them go into the landscape and they eat up all the holly berries and they eat up all the seeds and things they can find. Then, just as soon as they land, they're gone again. That's right. If you are troubled by them, and Barbara, I do not recommend this to many people, and you may not take this advice.
2: I wouldn't do. Never mind. Go ahead, Well, I was going to say
1: that back years ago, I would say, go to Alabama and get some bottle rockets. <laughs> those bottle <laughs> rockets will clear them out in a heartbeat. <laughs> but, Barbara, if you don't mind those birds back there, you just want to admire them. More power to you. Just let them be. They're going to go away real quick.
2: Well, they have gone. It was like one of those God moments. Yeah, sure. On this coldest day that we've had, yeah, the rain was coming down. And here, this... I mean, I, you don't see that many. I don't.
1: Well, back in the country, back at Locust Grove, you would. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, sure, sure, sure.
2: in my... <laughs> Long ago
1: days (laughs) You know, one of the biggest You you can describe it as a God moment And I think one of the biggest God moments With birds that I ever saw, Barbara Was that the University of Georgia Had a big open chimney Above the power plant Above the steam plant Which during the summer, of course Wasn't used at all And there was a huge population Of chimney swifts That would swirl around Big tornado of chimney swifts That would swirl around the chimney At the University of Georgia And then all of a sudden On some unknown signal They would start disappearing Down the chimney It'd be hundreds of them going down that chimney to live there during the summertime and raise their brood. That, to me, was a God moment for birds, seeing them crowd around like that. Barbara, thanks so much for your call. I do appreciate it. We've got Jim, who's in Monroe, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you doing? I'm fine, Jim. How can I help?
3: Um, Back in December, after the early, I purchased... Uh... Four goji berry, yeah. um, but she's online, from uh, Home Depot online, Got it. and they were shipped from uh, Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, around Christmas when we had that 77 degree weather. Yeah, sure. And so when I opened the box, they they had been dormant I guess, and they had already started branching out in the box, had like two two or three inch long uh, white um, white branches with some little tiny leaves
1: on them. Got it.
3: And uh, so... Then, right out, you know, Christmas after that, it got real cold, so I didn't want to take them outside and try to plant them or anything. So I've left them in the house and I took them out on the porch a couple of times, but then had to bring them back in. So, yeah. but now they're about eight to ten inch long uh, branches. Uh, the plants themselves were in three, three inch by five inch deep right. um, little black pots, and they were, I guess, about. Seven inches tall, but now these these branch these little whippy, uh, spaghetti-like <laughs> branches are seven or eight inches high, and uh, I don't know what to do with them. until well, I can plant them in the spring, <laughs> yeah, I
1: think I think that because they are tender now inside the house, Jim. You pretty much have to keep them inside. They don't have many leaves on them, I don't think. And so you can put them in a garage or, you know, some bedroom maybe that doesn't have much heat to it. And they'll be fine. They are really cold tolerant. That's why they were shipped down from the north. They can tolerate, I think, Zone 5, which is Wisconsin weather. So they're very cold tolerant. Um, They can tolerate Georgia heat pretty well. I have a note, right? I have a note on my phone, on my notes app on my phone that says, Steak Goji Berry. And so when you plant these things, Jim, plant them about, ooh, I'd say at least four feet from each other because they sort of ramble. They're not like black bears and blue, or black bears exactly, but they will ramble some. And so if you put a stake, about a one-by-one pressure-treated stake in the middle of a clump or a few inches to the side of a clump, and I would make the stake about three feet high. Then, when they start rambling around, you can use twine and bring them up to that stake so they can grow. You can pick them; have pretty red berries. The berries, of course, are touted as a antioxidant health reliever and that sort of thing. But they certainly grow down here just fine.
3: Well, what's, what, what, uh, when I do plant them, should I cut all that back to the? I don't main, think I uh, would.
1: No, yeah, no, no, where, no, no. There
3: Before they, they it out.
1: I don't think I would. I think I'd leave it alone. Plant them as the, as it is and. You know, let nature decide. If there's one limb that has gotten too cold or too dry or too something or other during the time you've had it indoors, nature will abort it. I don't think you need to take that into your own hands. No. Are
3: they, are they going to keep growing? Uh, in, if I put them in my garage with my overhead lights on, keep them on all the time, would that would that be good?
1: Uh, it keeps the lights on 18 hours a day if you want to, but... To be truthful, I don't think they're going to grow much anyway, as long as the temperatures are pretty low in the garage. So don't worry too much about it, about lighting them up. I think you, as long as you keep them so the soil does not get dry. That's a big thing to keep from happening. Don't let the soil get dry. Keep it a little bit on the moist side, not soggy. And just wait. We'll wait till the middle of April when it's warm outside. Plant them outdoors, and we'll have some goji berries. You can get them, eat them hopefully be healthy, more healthy as a result. Jim, thanks so much for calling. we got to get out of here, though. In the next half hour, Dee in East Point wants to talk about how to prevent bugs in her organic vegetable garden. Yes, I have ideas on that. Christy in Kennesaw wants to know about ideas for flowering trees in a small yard. And we got a f- person from Locust Grove who wants to know about soil testing for his fescue. All that coming up right after this.
0: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter
1: Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. If you go outside... Look out for falling trees. The trees are really whipping around right now. Limbs may come out of the tree as well. Not a safe place to be, quite honestly. If you are outdoors, look up, and if you're driving, look in front, because trees are coming down all over Atlanta. Ashley and Mark McKay and Veronica are taking care of that, so you'll know where the trees are down right now. Afternoon is going to go down into the upper 30s, and then overnight into the low 20s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Christy is out in Kennesaw and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Christy, good morning. Good morning, Walter. I'm the first-time caller. It's easy. Wasn't it easy, new, Christy? Huh? You called, okay. you waited a little, you talked to Ashley for a minute, you waited a few minutes, and now you're on the air with me. Hey, easy. Hey.
2: Okay, first-time caller. I just bought a new house. I would like to, a uh, very small yard. There is one existing adult dogwood. Yeah. And I'd like to plant a complimentary flowering tree. I'd like to know uh, what type of tree uh, you would recommend, as well as... Um, uh, how to prep the soil
1: and uh, right. uh, when to plant. I have a tree that will not only be complimentary to your flowering dogwood, but it will gain complements for you. This is a double, double bonus tree, and that Wonderful. is called a Kusa, K O U S A, Kusa dogwood. When you go to Pike Nursery, just say, I want a Coosa dogwood. They say, do you want this constellation that has bigger white flowers? Do you want this one that's more upright? Do you want this uh, kusa over here that has uh, other characteristics, maybe a pink one? But the wonderful thing about kusa, Korean dogwoods they're called, is that they bloom after the regular normal dogwood season here in Atlanta. So your normal dogwoods, they hit their peak around the first week of April. And the kusa dogwoods won't be blooming until first week of May, usually. White, oh, pink wonderful. flowers small size, just like a dogwood tree, all your neighbors are going to say, Christy, what is that in your yard over there? That'll be terrific. (laughs) So I would say Coosa dogwood is my first choice. Uh, Christy, let me give you a couple more just for choice's sake here. Redbud, forest pansy redbud, awesome tree. Carlbark bark maple, another particularly pretty tree, although it doesn't have flowers so much, it's still a pretty, pretty tree. Okami cherry blooms at different times of the year. That's a nice small tree as well. For details on how to prepare the soil, Christy, I need to get you over to my website because I don't have time to tell you right now. But if you go to walterreeves.com and just just type in planting tree in the search line, that's going to give you all the details you need to have pretty flowering trees. And you call again. You can be a second time caller anytime. It's 828. We'll be back to more lawn and garden. Pike pick of the weekend right after news. It's 8.37, still 26 degrees outside. It has not moved more than a couple of tenths of a degree since I came in this morning. at 6 a.m. It is windy. It is very, very windy out there right now. If you're driving around or walking around, exercise caution. Look for those trees. Look for those limbs, which could be coming down from above. One of my rules for being a better gardener is to hang out with people smarter than yourself. I hang out with Mickey Gassaway because she works for Pike Nursery. Hey, Mickey.
4: Good morning. How are you?
1: Mickey, I was, <clears throat> I will tell you where I was, um, Monday of this week, I guess, and it was chilly outside, and I was at the Brewster's Ice Cream just above the Pike Nursery in Toco Hill, and I was okay. sitting there eating my ice cream in my nice, warm car, and looking over at the Pike Nursery thinking, it's warm inside that nursery. I get those plant. guess those plants are really, really happy now inside the nursery.
4: It is very comfortable inside our greenhouses. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's not... Warm, but it's very comfortable. I mean, it is. I don't. It's it's nice. The plants are very happy.
1: I bet they are. Is are, are is the covering on the greenhouse sometimes goes pop and bang and pop and bang and I can sort of imagine that maybe happening in some of the nurseries this morning.
4: Uh, I don't know. I haven't really noticed that. We've got we've got new coverings on most of our greenhouses. Yeah. And uh, so they don't make too much
1: noise well, unless it's raining. Thing. The pop the pop and the bang certainly would startle you when you're in there trying to yeah. a shop for trees. <laughs> yeah. Noticed that. Well let's get to business right here. We got something on sale that is a fabulous pick for this weekend. Twenty percent off Pike Family Nurseries every location. What is our pike pick?
4: And today it's pansies. Today pansies. and
1: tomorrow it's pansies. All sizes, all flavors, all colors. All
4: sizes, all flavors, um the violas, the bigger pansies, uh, the the new um, cool wave pans. Yeah,
1: in. yeah, yeah, yeah. They big. They spread pretty nice. They do.
4: They're great for like a um, for your spiller on your plants, for your uh, containers. They're great.
1: Yeah, and let's remind people that now because the soil is cold. The bigger, the better. If you want blooms continuously from now through the spring, you got to buy the bigger size pansies. You can't get That's by right. any more. They don't the small do ones. much
4: growing when it's so cold. Not That's why all. we don't sell the, the four-packs early in the season, yeah. but we don't sell them later because yeah. they just don't grow.
1: That's exactly right. So, Mickey, one of the things I know is your rule of thumb about how to fertilize pansies is a particular product. Tell me more about what you, what you do.
4: Uh, there are two. Um, we've got pansy food, which is uh, an EB Stone product, which is all organic. And then we've got the. I like the Osmocote too. I like the the pink Osmocote is the one that I use. A pink label it,
1: Osmocote. That's what we that look the, for.
4: Actually, it's a pink top. Okay. And it's got it's got a, a little bit higher nitrate nitrogen in it than the other ones. So and that
1: means right. the cool soil plants can absorb nitrate okay. nitrogen better, so they grow a little bit better with the pink they top. Grow a little bit better. <laughs> yeah.
4: You know, you cover all your
1: bases. Exactly. One of the things, speaking of covering, you don't need to cover pansies. But one of the things I noticed when I get up and got up the other morning, it's been chilly overnight, that all my pansies were droopy, 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 down yeah. to the ground. So, what about that? What do you think about that? What
4: I do is, as soon as we have a little, just the least bit of warm weather, it gets sunny, I go out and shoot them with some uh, Miracle Crow. Mm hmm.
1: And I make sure mine am watered, water too, so they watered have enough the water to forth. absorb the Miracle Grow up through the yeah. up through the roots and everything.
4: Absolutely, because if they're dried out, that's when they that's when they get. You know, really damaged.
1: So we want to make sure they're watered. Your pansies, whether they're planted now or whether you plant some this afternoon or this weekend, make sure you water them as you put them in, and then right. mulch around them. But they don't well, really need to be covered by any means. They're just no, hardy. No, I as they never be. cover mine. That yeah.
4: doesn't happen.
1: I don't either. What other plants would you plant right now besides pansies? Now remember, pansies are on sale, twenty percent off. Twenty yeah, percent off pansies. I,
4: great, great. I um, I heard you talking about the yeah. or the carlbeals.
1: Yeah. And
4: I love those. I just love those. I like and They're all different colors now. There's some oranges and some reds and some purples and some um, kind of a green color. Uh, There's one called Fire Alarm that is incredible. It is so bright.
1: I didn't see that the other day. I need a fire alarm. it, It just
4: absolutely just stands out. And, of course, I like all the ones with southern names like... Sweet tea and George Peach and all those. <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit prejudiced. Yeah. But um, those are all great. And, you know, Carl Bells are related to our. Heucheras are like our native Carlbe. Yeah, exactly. But they're just a lot brighter and a lot
1: yeah. prettier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I,
4: and not forget, don't forget autumn ferns. I have to
1: have autumn ferns. Autumn ferns are here. the most awesome fern. They're evergreen. They're cold hardy. They're, they're the greatest plant around as far as just tolerating all sorts of situations That's in the landscape. Right. But again, if they you want to get some savings at the nursery this morning, go up to the cashier with your big basket full of pansies and say, "Walter and Mickey said." Everything in this basket, 20% off. Take it off right here at the cash register and you can really get some color in the landscape this afternoon, maybe tomorrow. Be careful. Water and fertilize them. You got something nice.
4: You got it.
1: Any classes going on, Mickey?
4: No, not today. We've got one next week, and I hope everybody will remember we're giving them time to know. Um, it's for new gardeners.
1: hmm great.
4: Or, or transplanted gardeners. Yeah, so that either one would be great.
1: Same deal. What I would need, I'm an expert in the southeast, but I certainly would not know what in the world to do with myself in New York or Wisconsin or California.
4: That's right. That's right. All right it's a Mickey, ball game.
1: If we want to find where the local nursery with the twenty percent off twenty percent off pansies, where would we find our Pike Nursery locations? At
4: Pike dot com.
1: Stay warm, stay dry. Stay we'll warm, see you stay soon. Four oh four
4: eight seven
1: two zero seven fifty, the number on lawn and garden. Let's get through this real quickly. Charlie is in Locust Grove and joins us. Say hey, Charlie, good morning. good morning.
5: Good morning. sir. How can I help? Oh, uh, did a uh took your advice, t- did a soil test, and it came back so that it needed potassium and calcium right. uh, if I'm interpreting this thing right. Okay. And uh, it was recommending uh, what, a 15, 0, 15 fertilizer per thousand square feet. Right. And uh, our 34, 0, 0. Got it? I uh, just wonder where can, where's the best place to get get those. I haven't seen them at big box stores or anything like that.
1: You won't. Mainly, you won't. Sometimes you see them at hardware stores, some of these what I consider a little bit more specialized analyzes zero fifteen. 0 I know I've seen it at Pike, and thirteen zero thirteen. same thing, you can find it at Pike. Um, okay. But if you can't find it at the local hardware store, not the big box stores usually, but at the local hardware store, do a little sort of mental calculation, Charlie, you could actually use a lawn fertilizer, one that had a relatively low first number, so something in the mid to low 20s, zero. Most of the lawn fertilizers today don't have anything, any phosphorus in them, and then a relatively middling to high last number. A winterizer fertilizer would be really close to 15-0-15. It will be something like 22-0-12 or something like that. So you could actually use something that's not exactly like the recommendation you got from your soil test but it's close the plants won't be able to tell the difference okay just kind of like horseshoes close on the close exactly close is okay with me horseshoes and hand grenades exactly exactly charlie so get something close i
5: have a combination of uh basically fescue bermuda and weeds yeah Uh, when would be the best time to put out a Emerge. I think I heard you say earlier March. First week of March.
1: First week of March. Yeah, and then follow that with. um in uh, April, mid to late April, when the weeds are really growing fast, follow that with either the Bayer Season-Long Weed Control or the OrthoMax uh, Weed Control. Either one of them does a great job. Bonide has a really good um, uh, Season-Long sort of weed control product as well, so any of those three will do great, but you want one of the ones that says Season-Long or Long-Lasting Weed Control, it'll do a real good job for you.
5: And that would be in when? April, you said? Yeah,
1: mid to late April.
5: Okay, I'll do the pre-emergent in the first week of March.
1: You got and it, Charlie. In, in April. Nothing. Thank to you, it.
5: sir. Appreciate
1: it. Good talking to you, man. Okay. Bye bye. We got D in East Point, Georgia, and D joins us on lawn and garden. Hey, D. Good morning. Good morning, Walter.
2: Listen, my son-in-law
4: and I are turning to you for help. We put in a raised bed vegetable and herb garden
2: last summer, and the bugs got the best of oh. it. We want to be. We want to be honestly organic.
1: Good. What do we do? Proactivity. Proactivity is the key word for organic bug and disease control. In other words, know what bugs are most likely to attack squash or likely to attack tomatoes or whatever you have planted out there, eggplant, corn, you know, whatever. And do the research. I mean, just, you know, even Google things like that. What pests of tomatoes or pests of squash, pests of eggplant. And once you see what the damage looks like, You need to be out there, you're in your sun Every, I would say every two or three Days, looking at the leaves Of your plants to make sure if you have Bugs, you know it immediately, and you Can treat them then with an organic insecticide That uh, you can choose There are, of course, uh, insecticidal Soaps, insecticidal oils Uh, There are pyrethrin, which is a Natural insecticide, flower Based insecticide, so you have Choices, but you have to know When the insects start, because Boy, oh boy, it's going to be hard to control things like squash bug and aphids on tomatoes and uh, stink bugs oh my god they'll eat you up if you're not very proactive about identifying the pest
3: oh
4: well so these things are safe to use and then eat the vegetables and herbs
1: yeah they're labeled for use and eating i don't think there's any kind of restriction on eating you know hours after you spray you could take them harvest them wash them off eat them for supper
3: well, okay,
4: thank you so much. I'm grateful.
1: Nothing to it. Thanks for calling, D. You're welcome. Bye-bye. It's 847. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This
0: is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
1: Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. If the house is shaking right now, it's because the wind is blowing hard. Look out outside. Today, the highs go into the mid to upper 30s and overnight into the low 20s. Stay tuned. It allows most accurate and dependable forecast. comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. A reminder, if you don't get your question answered today, you can go to my website. Get details about my France and Italy trip. Two rooms remain. Pull the trigger, my friends. If you want to go with me on a beautiful, warm, lovely trip to France and Italy in May, go to my website, get the details, and pull the trigger today. Two rooms remain. You can also follow me on Twitter. And you know what? Ashley Frasca, Veronica Harrell, Smiley Mark McKay, done such a great job this morning with traffic. You need to follow Ashley or follow them at, at... WSB traffic their Twitter handle at WSB traffic actually is posting pictures throughout the week about what's going on in traffic It's a great way. If you're starting out traveling during the week. We've got real quickly right here Tony is in Loganville and joins us on lawn and garden. Hey, Tony. Good morning. Oh No, we couldn't get that one. Oh, we went to over the time. Sorry about that Tony But basically Tony wanted to know how to take care of pecan trees bottom line we plant them and then we care for them by fertilizing them once or twice a year. The easiest thing to do is to measure the thickness of the trunk about four feet high and put a pound of ten 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 for every inch of thickness. So if, uh, let's say Tony has a trunk that's about I don't know ten inches thick, and if it's a ten inch thick trunk, he puts a pound of ten 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 around March. March the first should be about right and maybe another time in June. I have a little more details on established pecan trees, ones that have been there for 20 years, and I have some details of which pecans to choose and the varieties that are disease-resistant. All this stuff at WalterReeves.com. Just type in one word, pecan, give you the whole deal about how to take care of pecan trees. It's been a great Saturday morning because I am surrounded by professionals. Ashley Frasca, Scott Maxim, Veronica Harrell, Smiling Mark McKay. Tim, doing such a, and Brian doing such a great job as well. You can be proud to listen to WSB. You'll get the best, the most accurate, and the most dependable right here. Kirk Mellis and the weather, I could not do it without him. We'll see you right here next Saturday morning. Another edition of Lawn and Garden, one week from today.